I use Anchor to record my podcast. It's free and I like the user experience of it. Podcasting is so much easier for me now because I can record straight from my phone. I don't have to have any hardware at all. Just me and my phone and I'm good to go. I literally can record anywhere from my phone and my laptop. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Are you irrational or is that just your unconscious? That is the focus of today's Spirituality and Self-Love in the Modern World podcast. I am Bernadette and welcome back to the second episode of 2020. The lovely, beautiful, unconscious. What is the first thing that pops to mind when you hear the word unconscious i'm going to be honest with you here before doing the deep work and learning how our brains and bodies work together whenever someone mentioned the word unconscious all i could think about was freud and his sex theories i know how silly of me in the last 50 years or so, we have been we have been trained to associate Freud with the unconscious. The unconscious got the reputation of being a dark place somewhere deep within our mind, filled with our deepest and naughtiest sex fantasies. To younger Bernadette at the time, the unconscious was part the unconscious was all about nasty trauma, wet dreams, and dysfunctional family relationship. A place no one wants to go, well at least not voluntarily not voluntarily. In the last few years I have been reading and practicing a lot on this topic. The more I read and practice, the more I have been finding proof that the unconscious isn't mal- isn't a malicious uh, isn't malicious as a place that many believe it is. And believe it or not, the unconscious is much more than trauma and kinky stuff. Basically, our unconscious is our most basic operating system. My name is Bernadette and join me here as we dive deep. 
pun intended, into the world of the unconscious. What is the unconscious? To put most simply, think of the unconscious as our basic operating system. The fact that we are not aware, the fact that we are not aware of it, doesn't mean that it's not working. Actually, a lot of the things that you do by default, the things that don't require you to actively think about doing them, are under the direction of your unconscious. For example, you know how you never forget riding a bike, even if you have not used a bicycle in years. I can guarantee you that the minute you climb and start. Turning the pedals is going to feel as if you have never stopped. Or take another example: the way we drive. We sit in the car, turn the ignition on, and then just drive. Yes, we're focused on the driving, but we don't think about the act of driving per se. It comes naturally to stay in the right lane, turn the wheel, and step on the brake. All of that is ingrained into our memory and into our unconscious. In fact, it's ingrained so well that our bodies just follow along. But imagine you're flying off to England tomorrow. You're getting a rental car there. Would be would driving be as smooth? Probably not. Probably not. The problem is. They're driving on the left, and you probably have to drive a stick and not an automatic car. Since there's something you, since that's something you don't normally do, it's going to take a little bit more additional conscious effort to drive in England. This was a simple example just to help you understand that the unconscious isn't dark or scary. Think of it almost as an algorithm. We're feeding data into it. The unconscious is taking memos on everything that happens to us in a daily in a da- in the daily life, and draws conclusion based on what happened, and and then decides the best action to take. The action that follow isn't always mysterious or twisted. They are they are automatic. Organized and unless we do something consciously about them, it's pretty predictable. But I feel like I have known him my whole life, quote unquote. You know how sometimes you feel like you've known someone your whole life, even if you just met them. Well, that is your unconscious at play. A while ago, my friend calls me and she goes, "Bernadette, I have met the love of my life. I've known, I've known from the minute I saw him, and that's it. I have been looking for him everywhere. She met a guy, and was obsessed with him from the very first minute." Unfortunately, as magical as the story sounds, that didn't end well. And now I'm going to tell you why. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Put apart here the love hormones or the excitement of the honeymoon phase that is integral part of every relationship. Okay, apart from there, apart from the the love hormones, the real mystery here is. 
Why did she feel like she's known him for her entire life? Well, the reason why she the reason why she's so quickly attached to a complete stranger is the unconscious. Or in a lack of better words, you can blame the unconscious for the love at first sight. The thing is, she never actually knew them. Her unconscious recognized something familiar in him. It could be the way he held the 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 fork, and that reminded her of her grandpa, whom she deeply loved. Or it could be the way the guy looked at her, the same way her mom did. So something, something. Something in him, and it could be anything: his body language, words, cues, anything that is familiar to your unconscious, which then feels familiar to you too, because the unconscious prefers the familiar. To your unconscious, familiar is good. Familiar is predictable. And safe, but unfortunately, that's not how. <sighs> that is not how it always works out in real life, which is why we feel that the love at first sight failed us. Or, on the other hand, I have a college friend who felt completely. This is another example, okay? I have a college friend who is completely uncomfortable around men with beards. And it's ridiculous when you hear it, but whenever she, whenever she saw someone with a beard, her heart will start racing and she will start sweating, and she has no clue why this happened. And it goes without saying, it makes her daily life complicated. I still remember when she was job interviewing, and missed on a couple of great opportunities just because the human resource guy had a beard. After, after working with a therapist, she was able to dig deep and work her way through a traumatic memory from her childhood. So when she was little, a man with beard stole her mom's purse and ran away. Luckily, no one got hurt. Everyone was fine. So fine that my friend had literally forgotten all about this event. However, her unconscious did not forget it. So, why is your behavior not? Irrational. Why is your behavior not irrational? All of that proves that, you know, all of that just proves that you're not being irrational or silly because you are just performing under the guidance of your unconscious. A similar pattern of behaving happens any time your unconscious thinks that you are in danger. So, based on what it's learned from your experience, and particularly on what it has learned from any traumatic experiences, it quickly takes defense. I cannot tell you how many times I have had 
a panic attack in the past just because I could not reach someone I loved. The same thing happened with my mom and with my ex-boyfriends and with my friends. I immediately imagined the worst once they would not pick up. And instead of being relieved when they finally did, I will throw a tantrum. I was furious because how dare, how dare they not picked up right at right away when I was worried about them. Either I realized that is just my unconscious trying to protect me from being heard. All of that was a result of my abandonment issues because it is easier to be mad than to get heard. Not a single emotion in the mix was a conscious decision of mine. It took a lot of work, a lot of unpacking, a lot of tears to be able to overcome, to choose to overcome this problem. So what to do? What to do? If you recognize yourself in this podcast, I first want to tell you that there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with you. Everything is fine. You are fine. You are not irrational or crazy or mad. It is just that you were hurt in the past and that messed up the algorithm in your head. Remember how we said that the unconscious is like an algorithm? It constantly learns and improves based on the experiences you feed it. I know it's stupid to say this, Like, wow, thanks, Captain Obvious, but do try to consciously feed your unconscious with positive things. You know, gratitude, being present in the moment, things like that. It would not solve everything, but but it is going to help you relax. It's going to help you reduce the survival response when you are not in a life and death situation. If you cannot find the positive about a situation from the past, then think about all the lessons you have learned. If there's literally nothing you have learned, then remind yourself that you will not be the person you are today if it has not happened. I I understand that it's tempting to ask why me or why has this happened to me but believe me that's the best way to get stuck in the past or keep going around in circles forever another thing that has helped me massively is just being aware of where where the problem is i may not be able to always predict the way i'm going to respond to something but I'm pretty good at telling whether there's a real reason to get upset or if my brain is playing tricks on me. So for example, if I'm trying to reach someone and they don't answer, I tell myself in a nice way that they are fine, they're okay, they're just busy or in the bathroom or eating lunch or something. I also try to predict 
future obstacles. So if I know that I want to talk to someone this week, I will schedule phone phone calls beforehand so that massively reduces my anxiety. All right. What did you think what did you think of today's podcast? Did you learn something new? Tag me on Instagram at Bernadette Bala and let me know your thoughts and uh, find me on YouTube to watch videos about this as well. Thank you for listening and I will see you in the next episode. Bye bye.